Welcome to another episode of The Family from the Heart, a podcast that is devoted to giving you a behind-the-scenes look into the lives of the Ravenscraft family, a family that has given up on the ordinary to pursue the lives for which they were created. Now, here are your hosts, Cliff and Stephanie. Stephanie, I'm noticing this list has not grown any since since it was started. I was at the dentist. Okay, okay, but you didn't have time before the dentist because I like we were having we were in the kitchen together, and I'm like, hey, Steph, would you mind opening up a document and creating a list of topics that we need to cover in family from the heart? A list of all the stuff that has gone down since when did we say it was September of last year? I wow, that so. was quite the abrupt jump. It's like music, just like yeah, I'm done. No, I'm not back. Cliff, you were supposed to fade <laughs> me out by now, but since you're off on another topic, I'll just let myself out the door. Got it. Anyway. Um. So, but what did I say to you when when you said you're the list guy? I'm the make it up and go with the flow person. Right. So I stated right away, I don't want to make your list. Like, correct. I know. I mean, I, I said w- it nicer. But I, w- I even took responsibility for the fact that I'm not the list maker. This is true. And but I, I'm looking at this list, and this list looks very much close to what you know. I put most of this stuff on here, or told you to put the first two items on. It's like there's nothing on this list that I didn't already know. No, but like, I but I've thought of things in my head that I didn't put on the list. <laughs> of course, you. Did. This is what I'm talking about. This is, so you this got all is, this stuff here, this, floating here. I do, but this this is another. You're you're trying to to make me be something that I'm not. You're trying to make me do things that that don't work for me. So like you can bring up this thing, and I have so many things to talk about. Like, and I'm clueless of it. That, that's fine. See, no, this you, works for me. I know it works for you. And you're like you're trying to make me be something I'm not going to be. I'm not. And, right. And by you're not giving me your list of stuff that you got floating in your head, you're trying to make me be something I'm not supposed to No, I'm to trying to make you accept the way that the last 27 <laughs> years of your life have been. <laughs> it's just... not my fault you haven't caught on by now. <sighs> I started the list. I even I even shared it with you and <laughs> made you a collaborator. Why haven't you added anything to the list in the three minutes since I texted it to you? Because for two minutes and 50 seconds, we've been recording this. <laughs> I still don't see how I'm the problem. <laughs> anyway, welcome back, everyone. So, Family from the Heart, a show that we have felt for the longest time, there's no way we're ever going to shut this thing down. And we talked about the fact that, you know, we probably will just bring content to this show when we feel like there's been enough that's been going on family related to to give an update. We had or I had the crazy idea of bringing Stephanie and I into a new season of life where our kids are adults and they're grown and most of them have moved out of the house. We're almost completely empty nesters, and we could turn this into our family is kind of like our what we're doing as husband and wife and our family business and family, you know, that stuff. And that wasn't working out too well. It kind of changed the flavor and flair of what 
the archived content of this show was. And so, we, what is so funny? I just threw the dog's toy on top of your Pac-Man machine. Don't think he can reach that. <laughs> He's like, uh, Mom, I can't get that. All right, so Stephanie's going to go get his toy. All right, what was I saying? Oh, so we decided we'll come here and we'll just record episodes of Family from the Heart whenever. And so here we are. We It's been a while. We came back about a week and a half ago, and we shared that family, or fo- what is it called? Free the Dream? Free the Dream. Free the Dream. I just woke from a nap, by the way. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Here, drink, drink some more of this. Okay, yes. So Free the Dream is back as a workshop. We published that as episode, but before we published that episode in this feed, we recorded an intro and said, oh, you know what? It has been a while, and there's enough stuff here. When I get back from San Diego, let's record something. So here we are. And here we are. Stephanie, what's been going on in the family since September of 2022? So in December, um, Megan and Jacob relocated. So they are back in Northern Kentucky. Well, he is here for the first time. He located, Megan relocated. He moved. She. <laughs> well, they, they both moved. Um, she moved back and he moved here. And... Um, they stayed with us for a while. That was crazy. I recorded a whole podcast about how my adult children weren't meant to live with me. Wait, that wasn't in the free the or fam- what's the name of the show? No, that that was in Thriving Mosaic. That wasn't in Family from the Heart. So tell them about Thriving Mosaic, just for those who don't know. So Thriving Mosaic is my personal podcast, and um, in this specific episode that we talked, I talked about having my adult children back in the house and what that was like for me and just that I don't think that that's the way that nature (laughs) was intended to be for adult children to live in the house well you know that's it's fun because there it depends on where you are in the world about how culture is so I have developed a lot of friendships with people who live in India and it is actually like a very big thing. It's like, listen, you, your parents live with you, and and you take care of them, and that's that's and and adult children are living with it. it yeah, so that's their way of life. It's their so it it's not necessarily that it's not natural. It's just not what we want. No, I said I, <laughs> for me, season. it's not for for me, it's not natural. Yeah, and that and that's what that's what that episode was about. We wanted our kids from the time Stephanie was pregnant with Megan. See, I no. Go ahead. What I would tell the story differently because you just told this story to me as you said it to someone else. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't remember having these conversations while I was pregnant. Okay. For me, for me, I wanted a baby. I always wanted to have a baby, and so I had Megan, and she was a baby, and it was all great. And then she became a person. And once she became like a whole person with a, her pers- her own personality and her own, you know, likes and dislikes and her own wants. And I didn't know what to do with her. And then I made an intention. And then we made an intentional decision to not raise children, but to raise adults because we wanted them to. So you're saying that happened when Megan was a baby. That I think that happened when Megan was around four. 
I think the first four years of her so, life were us so just what kind I, of figuring it out as we went along. So what Stephanie is talking about is I had just recently told somebody, from my recollection, I had said that we had made a decision that we are not going to raise children. We are going to raise responsible young adults. And whether we had that conversation while you were still pregnant or in the first few years of Megan's life, the whole point is still valid, regardless of when it occurred to us to have the concept of raising responsible young adults who contribute to society in a positive way, uh, which is the language that we were using as far back as then. And how that showed up for me is one of the things is that I personally chose never to really do quote unquote baby talk or talk down to my children. Whenever I talked to our kids, I always viewed them as somebody that is worthy of respect. And if they've got a question, I'm going to speak to them as someone, as anyone who's asking me a question, who's looking to learn something. Not something where I'm go- th- th- there's a way that you there's I see some parents speak to their children and they just treat them like children and say, listen, don't bother yourself with this. You're too young to ask this question. Um, you know, just you know what I mean? I do. And and they and they do a lot. It's like, oh, don't worry about that. It's OK. You don't need to concern your, you know, and, and I'm like, OK, so you're four years old and you're asking this question, let's have a conversation. Right. And I think we not baby talking was an actual intention was an intentional um decision on both of our parts and and all three of our kids had very advanced speech very early on. Um there were times where we would take Megan places with us and people would talk to her and she would have these whole conversations and they're like this kid is not two and we're like i swear to you that kid is two yeah like well what's surprising to me is there was one particular building an online business next level workshop that you and i hosted here in our home several years ago and i can't remember who the author was but she was an author of books she she could tell you, like I know, yeah. Jane but, could tell you, but this, but Jenna. she, she came here, and when we all went out to lunch, or no, when we drove to dinner, so on our way to dinner, this woman actually was in the car with us and our children, and McKenna and her are ha- having a conversation now. McKenna would have been how old at this time? Um, about twelve. This, this, that was the one that Chris came to, right? Probably so because I th- it was Chris and and her in the back of our car and okay and um and so she was probably eleven or twelve okay so about eleven or twelve and here McKenna's asking her questions like like a college student who's doing an interview for a a, a thesis paper or something like this I mean it's, it's like and and she's like oh yeah tell me more about that and she's that's very interesting I was just reading a book the other day that was like this I'm like and. And here, McKenna at 11 or 12 is having a conversation that I see very few people in their 20s having with a grown adult. Right. About, you know, writing books and what their mission and purpose of life is and stuff like that. So, yeah. So, this is what we're talking about when it comes to this concept of we've always kind of seen our kids as the people that they are, as people 
that will contribute to society in a great and profound way. And if they've got a question, we're not going to judge how old they are and whether or not we're going to engage in dialogue about this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Anyway. But you're you're saying, how did we get there? How did we get there? It doesn't matter. (laughs) That was not on the list, Cliff. Darn it. If there was a, if you would have put things on the list, we wouldn't have just wasted you started that. 12 minutes. <laughs> you, you started that one. No, no I, we were talking about Megan and Jacob moving home and that, that it's for our adult children. We wanted them to, um, oh, for yeah, us, it's not idea. natural for yeah. them to, to live with us as adults. We're um, not natural that, anyway. Or let's uh, actually, let, let's just say instead of natural, how about it's not, we're not normal anyway. Correct. Normal is boring. <laughs> Normal's overrated. But um so so we raise them in a way that they are meant to leave our house and go out into the world and to make their own mark and to do their own thing. And then and once you're out of the house, stay out. <laughs> that that is the that yes. And um so so for for Matthew, um, he decided not to go back to um, to college after the semester ended in December. We well, talked about that in September. We, let, we announced for those that, so. who are not familiar with our whole story in this podcast. Let me just say, Matthew, when he grad, he's our middle child. When he graduated high school, he did not want to immediately go to college. In fact, he didn't think that he would ever want to go to college. So after high school, he got a job at DHL. And he worked at our airport DHL location. And he did a really great job there. He was He's well-liked. He had opportunities to move up. He was actually asked if he wanted to advance to higher positions. He says, no, I'm kind of happy just Digging here. what I'm doing. I really like hanging out with the people that I'm hanging out with. I kind of like the fact that I can listen to audiobooks or music while I'm working. He's like, you know, life is good. And then... Eventually, what was it, about a year and a half, two years later, he says, well, I think I want to go to well, college. Well, he worked for two years before he went, so so it was probably a year and a half. Um, he said, I miss learning. Yeah, that's what he said. I yeah, miss I, learning. I miss learning, and um, I think I want to give college a try. And I said, well, come back to me when you take the think out of it. Was he Was he already in a relationship with Bella before that? I don't think so. No, the relationship with Bella happened between um, applying and moving. <laughs> yep. So, so uh, it, it from my perspective, from my perception, this is what I'm seeing happen here. So, he, you know, he was not in a relationship when he told us that, and he did make the decision. You know what? I do want to go to college, and I do enjoy learning, and I think I'd like to be maybe a teacher or something. So. I think I'd like to go to college. And, you know, obviously, I think there's a little bit of it's like, I, I'm, you know, is this what it's like to just be an adult and just work every day? And, th- you know, I, I think yeah. there's a little bit of that. And so I'm like, and, and I, I, quite frankly, I think he sees an opportunity to kind of, you know, hey, just coast for a little while, have mom and dad pay for my stuff and, and, and me just sit back and enjoy learning and having college life, right? So I think there's a little bit of that. Not to say that Matthew's not responsible, but I mean, heck, if I'm his age and I have the opportunity to work every day, pay my own way for everything, or have mom and dad pay for four years while I go to college and pay all of my stuff just like they did for my older sister, 
I kind of, you know, I, I wouldn't mind four years of vacation from life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's that's how I'm perceiving it. I It may be completely inaccurate, but uh, then he gets to college, but by the time he goes away, by the time we drop him off at his dorm for his first semester of college, he's gotten into a rather serious relationship. And they did long distance. And they did long distance relationship. Two semesters. For two full semesters. And that relationship continued to thrive. He would come home, um, not not too much, but he would still come home and uh, see her on the weekends and then some, you know, every now and then, and during the summer and during all the breaks, you know, he'd spend that time with her and he recognized that, you know, this relationship is lasting and it's clear, at least to us at this point, at least to me, that this is probably going to be a, a, a potential lifelong relationship. I I can't say that it wouldn't, or there's no, there's nothing here for me to indicate that it wouldn't. You and I had that kind of relationship mm-hmm. with that, you know, that things situation. So, um, but I, I, I I'm I'm fairly certain that being away from her is a significant contributing factor as to why he he did not want to continue three more years like that. It could be. Although they were making plans to locate her down, to relocate her down she, there. So, yeah. um, so that, that I mean, that's that's their decision. That that is, yeah. We don't know, but what I know is that I got a call after I had paid the the semester's tuition that said, "Mom, I just really don't think there's anything that they're offering me down here that I want to do for the rest of my life." Yeah. I said, fair enough. Why didn't you tell me that last week? <laughs> <laughs> right before I paid this check. And um, and so he said, I'm going to finish the semester so that, um, you know, if by chance I ever go back, I have these two semesters finished and um, and can keep these these credit hours. And then he moved home in December when when he finished the semester. And um, so that was our first adult child coming home right and and as far as i'm concerned that does not fit with the concept that stephanie and i have is that once you're out and you're on your own you don't right. move back home because he went to college he because, didn't move out on because his own. he wasn't quote unquote moved out on his own he mm-hmm. was still very much under our uh what do you call that when you claim so uh, he was still very much a dependent of yes. ours we were still providing for his day-to-day living even be even during the two years that he worked we still i mean he he actually took it upon himself to to be self-reliant in a lot of areas which was he did he was buying impressive. his own groceries he um pays his own gym membership he does all of his um you know and anything for his car he he covers that um so but i mean he that was point, very it was, it was something it was his decision it wasn't something that we said okay we're cutting you off now right so in 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 my mind, Matthews never moved out. If that makes sense, it makes sense. But when I say my first adult child moved home, I say there is another large, loud person in my space. <laughs> okay, so you and I have a different. Dis- <laughs> you and I have a different. Dis- so dis- 
definition I'm just talking of about, a, an adult child that moves back yeah, home. Yeah, so he is, because I mean, still, he buys his own food. He's not dependent upon us. We, we provide um, the roof over his head and pay the utilities. Like, that's... Yeah, but still to me, he never moved out. Just because he had a dorm for college, you know, there's times out of the year that he's not allowed to live there. He has to be here. He still lives under our roof. So, but it's no big deal. I understand. All I'm saying is that for eight months out of the last year, I got used to it being quiet in here. And then he came back and it was no longer quiet in here. Yeah. That, that's, that's it. And then, um, and then in December, Megan and Jacob came up for a weekend to visit he had an interview on a Saturday and they offered him a job and he want, they wanted him to start on Wednesday. Yeah, they came up and just he, to visit. He's like, I don't live here. So um, he asked if he could stay with us, which was fine because it was temporary. They were in the process of relocating. Yeah, they were going to move up here anyway. Um, but she still had her job in Bowling Green and so they... He commuted for a while, like he stayed with us during the week and he went back to Bowling Green on, on the weekends and that lasted for about two weeks before Megan said, I'm, I'm put, well, that's not even true. Megan went back that week and put in her two weeks yep. notice and said that this will be my last day. And so he commuted for the, the two weeks on the weekends. And then um, Megan left her job and said, we're coming too. <laughs> and she brought herself and their dog. Now they did find themselves an apartment to move into, but it it, it wasn't a, ready. It was a brand new apartment and they weren't able to move in until several weeks later, which meant that technically speaking, in my mind, this is the first time we now have an adult child who has moved yes. out and lived on, on her- their own and has come home. Yes. And you're, you're absolutely right. When and I, when I'm not I saying talk it's about right Matthew, or wrong, it, I know you, you, you're thinking of it as invaders being, of my space. Exactly. And I'm thinking of it <laughs> space as invaders. I, I'm thinking of what's called the boomerang generation. Yeah, you no, know, I, right. You know, and, and and even technically speaking, Megan wasn't boomeranging. She, right. She didn't go out. They were squatting. <laughs> she didn't go out, spread her wings and fly and then dive to the ground and no, say, I yeah, can't make it. Right. Can I come live with you? So that not that, by the way, not to judge anyone who has that no. in their experience. It's just that this is not what we want for our children. Um, and it's not what we want for our own experience as parents in, in adult life, or at least me personally. Anyway, I, I I'm not going to totally speak for Stephanie, but um, so Technically speaking, she just needed a place to temporarily shelter for how many weeks was it? I think it was six weeks altogether. So, uh, and it's just like a month and a half, which, by the way, didn't seem like a long period of time until Until they were here. (laughs) Not that it was terrible. It was just not what we had had. Planned it was in our simply mind. a disruption to our routine. That's it, and that and that is all. It was not. It was. It was inconvenient, right? Well, that's a disruption to our yeah. routine. Um, but we all made it, and and here's the thing: I know that it was as rough on them as it was on me. Yeah, you know, and and I understand that. You know, for Megan and Jacob to have their own place and to be used to having their own space, and then now to come into our space, that was. That was difficult for them. Yeah. I know. Um, Megan, Could you imagine if we lived in India and like having her, 
Well, we would be different. Like I know, we would be prepared for that. Yeah, it it would it would be different, but it would be a part of our expectation of what life is going to be like as our kids get. It's like we're obviously we're going to house everyone that our kids pick up off the streets and decide to have a relationship with. My my favorite my favorite (laughs) part was is that Megan comes in here and expects to live here like she's still the teenager. Ah. Is that how you saw and it? It is how I saw it because she even said being here like she wants to sleep longer and she wants to, you know, nap all day. And she was and I'm like, no, you you're an adult and <laughs> you need to take care of things like the And so but that happened and we made it through that. They got into their apartment in January. It's a lovely apartment. They're doing very well over there. And she now lives how far away from us? Like lengthwise time time of drive? Uh, like 20 minutes. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yes, which is kind of nice. You know, I mean, she was what, four and a half hours before or four hours before? Three Three and and a half. half. Yeah. She called me the other day. She's like, Mom, you want to go to Target with me? I said, I don't know. What do you need? I said, maybe. And then when I got home, because I was out when she called and I got home and I said, well, what do you need from Target? And she's like, it's just a really quick trip in. I'm like, I'm not going to drive 20 minutes. For you to run into Target to get two things. <laughs> she literally is a, she, <laughs> for her to drive to Target is literally a 90 second drive. And that's if the parking lot is full. <laughs> her her um, apartment is on the opposite side of, of the Target yeah. parking lot. And, um, and so I was like, I'm not going to drive 20 minutes for you to go in and get two things. Like, no, you can, you can do this on your own, babe. Right. So, um, so they're doing, they're doing very well. So um, he, Jacob likes his job. He got a job. Um, it was, you know, he was concerned about the pay and all of that stuff. Uh, I, you and I just learned that there is a significant pay increase, which was mm-hmm. something that he's excited about, yep. which is really good for them. Uh, and then Megan had left her job down in Bowling Green with no idea of prospects up here, what they would be. But what I love about um, our daughter and, and what she did is like, listen, I know what I want. I, I The whole thing I've wanted ever since, what was it, halfway through college. I want to be an event planner. I want to be a wedding event planner. That's mm-hmm. what I want to do. And she had experience down in Bowling Green. She was a wedding wedding event planner coordinator for Lost River Cave. She also did an unpaid internship where she drove every day into Nashville for this crazy job down there. But she had that experience. And then her first job out of college was not wedding event planning, but it was event planning at a museum in Bowling Green, the the whatever the railroad museum down there. Um, was not necessarily the the best opportunity for her, and wasn't giving her that that vibe of what she mostly wanted, which was wedding planning and things like that. But when she came up here, she's like, "Listen, I know there's going to be opportunities. There'll be a whole lot more opportunity in the Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky area for what I want to do than what's available to me here in Bowling Green." And she came up here. They had already, they've already got their apartment. They already have all this stuff. And how many places did she apply? Did she apply for? I have no idea. She talked to so many different people. Um, I, I'm not sure how many places she actually applied but um they didn't work out until the right one worked out 
Well, I, from now the thing is, I wasn't having a lot of conversation with Megan at this time about what what all's going on. Mostly because I didn't want her to think that I'm like, hey, you need to do something, you know, because I I don't want to be that hovering parent that mm-hmm. says, hey, you got to, unless it's been, you know, it's, it's like, hey, you, you know, if you're going to start coming to us to ask us for money, uh, you and I have a chat kind of deal. <laughs> but until then, you know, it's like she she'll find her way and and stuff like that. But from my perception and my perspective, which, again, I'm not into the details, it seemed to me she comes up here, she's, you know, applying for stuff online like one would do, she's asking friends and this and that and blah, 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 but it seems to me from, again, tell me if I'm wrong, but it seemed to me she found one job that this is the job I want, this is the job that I want, and it's the part of a parks system. There's a bunch of different locations, and if she got the spot, she would be able to help uh, do event coordination for weddings in these various different uh, uh, destination spots within the city. And she said, this is the job that I want. She had an interview with the person responsible for hiring. She said, it was the best interview experience I've ever had. I feel really good about this. I'm pretty sure I've nailed it and that I will be offered this job. And then out of nowhere, I I felt inspired when I said, hey, do you want to go to the gym with me? And she said, sure. And this is about a week, just over a week after she's had that interview. And then on the way home from the gym, we stop at Chipotle and have dinner, and I ask her how things are going, and she tells me, you know, I, Dad, I'm pretty, you know, I thought for sure I had it, but it's been over a week, and I haven't heard back. And I said, have you followed up? And she said, yes, I did this. I, you know, and and, and I said, okay, great. I said, well, I began to ask her if she's read this book that I had provided her. It's all about the law of attraction. And I, and she goes, no. I said, well, would you be interested in me giving you an overview of what this is all like? And she said, sure. And so I started to talk to her about how, you know, if if you really believe that this is the job for you and this is the job that you expect, having expectation versus hope, you know, what if you can imagine yourself and be and continue to dream and have a feeling of seeing you lead, coordinating those events in those places, working for that person and doing this job. And just really seeing that and and being so attached to it that that it's real to you. And then I asked her what she has done for follow-up and what her plans are. She goes, well, I really don't want to know what to do. And I said, have you heard of ChatGBT? And so I actually introduced her to ChatGBT. I told her how to turn how you can actually prompt this AI tool to be an expert as a career coach. And I said, this is like, you're, you're, this is free, by the way. And you, this is like hiring somebody for like $35,000 to be your professional career coach, helping you land this job. And so I, I sit there, I said, let's, let's explain everything that's gone on. So, um, you know, I have, I have this degree, I've had this job experience, I've done these things, I just moved here recently, there's this position that's open, this is why I'm uniquely qualified, I applied for the position, I had this interview, it went this way, this is how I felt that the interview was, this is what I expected to happen, but here's where I am. 
what do you recommend that I do? And so it gave, you know, three or I think it gave her three things, three next steps that she could consider. She goes, well, I already did the one. And I sit there, I said, okay. So one of them was do a follow-up email. I said, can you actually write a follow-up email? Can you write the entire script of a follow-up email? And so it wrote out and she goes, dad, this is really cool because I did almost, I, I didn't do it exactly like this. I could see how this would be better than what I did, but I did include most of this. And I said, that's awesome. I said, so I went into the chat GPT. I said, okay, I've already sent the letter. That was two days ago. I haven't heard, I sent the email two days ago. I haven't heard anything back. And I think that they're on the verge of making a decision what can I do next to make sure that it's me that they choose? And so it recommended a phone call. I said, great, can you give me a script of exactly what to say, what questions to ask, and what bullet points things? And so it wrote it all out. Anyway, so we had this conversation, and then I think it was the next day she had the job. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was. Anyway, fun so, stuff. Look, yeah, so, so I, she has so her dream wanted, job. Yeah, she has her dream job. She's awesome. And um, and they're they're doing really well. They are. It's cool. Yes, it is cool. In January, they got engaged. Yes, they did. And next, and Stephanie January, decided. You know what? Paying for college wasn't like enough. I just decided out of like I just pulled this cloud out of thin air and be like, oh, have you have you seen the have you, have you seen the um the choice games going around on on social media i have not seen these choice games what tell me more so it it, it's you hold up two cards and one is like you know um win all your money back and the other one is pay for megan's college or pay for megan's wedding and you choose pay for megan's wedding like (laughs) i pulled it like you act like i just kind of sprung it on you (laughs) but it's I have in all the years that we were married, I, d- I never once heard. You know what? I'd like to make sure that we have thirty thousand dollars saved up to to pay for our daughter's weddings. Well, the second one doesn't want a wedding. She'd like us to pay for her master's degree. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that later. Um, <laughs> ah. So I didn't pull it out of thin air. Well, I, I know, it, it has I know you, always you are been, saying that you did, so, and, and I'm not accusing you of pulling it out of thin and, air, and, but it appeared to me out of thin air. Oh, okay. That is These fine. were not conversations that we've had before. So little note. Maybe to, I've brought them up and you've run the other way. Maybe. So then again, it's still like. I don't remember you ever bringing them up. I don't remember them ever being a secret. Like, well, the, exactly. They may not have so, been a secret, but they're not conversations we've had. That's fine. So We're having them now. <laughs> yes, we are. And and yeah. So anyway, we're we've decided to give Megan a budget of thirty thousand dollars for her wedding, which is. Do you care where that desire comes from? I'm. Yeah, I do care. Because it's not like you had you had said something to me a few months ago about it just being a cultural norm or something like well, that. I do, I do believe for me that it has nothing to do I with think, that. I think there is a cultural norm that society has placed in the conditioning of the typical American family that if you're a responsible 
and and this isn't for you. This is for me. If you are a responsible father, if you are a responsible husband, then you earn enough money to do to do this, to do these things. Uh, and among those things that you do, if you are a responsible father, is you have prepared for and saved up money to pay for your kids to have four year degree in college. This is a cultural norm that is out there. Now, th- not everybody in America has this, but this the 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 sphere of the the society and and cultural norms that I grew up in, this was hammered in. As a matter of fact, I I was hammered is like listen, unless you go to college, you will not succeed in life. And my experience has been that I went to college I dropped out after a couple of years. I had straight A's. I had a 4.0 GPA. I could have done anything I wanted there. But because I dropped out after my first semester, my mom and dad stopped paying for mine. They said, listen, we don't mind if you drop out, but if you decide to go back, you have to pay on your own. I'm like, okay. And so I dropped out because I was bored and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then when I decided to go back, I had to go get student loans because I didn't have any money saved up. My mom and dad said that they weren't going to pay for it. And so I racked up tons of student debt and I went for a couple of more years and I still decided to drop out because, well, I thought I was going to be a history teacher. And now I'm pretty certain. Actually, I'm certain I don't want to be a history teacher. That's I've taken all these classes. I've went really deep down this path. And it's very obvious to me this is not what I want to do with my life. I I want to I want to leave college and just go so, do something else whatever. And so I never got that college degree, but I did get the tens of thousand dollars in student debt. And now all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I and I look at myself today and I look at all of the people I graduated with and if I look at all the people I graduated with and the ones who went to college who got degrees, whether their parents paid for them or whether they took out 100000 or more in student debt, and I see all of the quote-unquote professional jobs that are in alignment with their things, and talking with those human beings, my experience has been that those peop- most of those people, and I'd say nine out of 10, are absolutely miserable in their professional career, and 10 out of 10 of them have nowhere near the income that I do. And so over time, that experience led me to think that, wow, college isn't as valuable necessarily as everyone had told me it was. And it's not a guarantee, just because you have a degree doesn't mean you're going to have a great job. I also could tell you countless stories of people who have degrees who wait on tables uh, at restaurants, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it certainly isn't going to pay off your student loan debt if you have student loan debt. And so wh- all I'm sharing is that gave me over time, and this isn't something, th- this is very clearly something you and I didn't chat about throughout the years of our marriage. And by the time it came time for our kids to go to, co- you know, to graduate and are thinking about going to college, I'd already determined that if they want to go to college, the most in my mind I could ever see doing is paying for a little bit of it and making them pay their own way for some of it. Because, you know, you need to, this isn't just another four years of vacation from life. 
you know, I, this second time I've brought up that that phrase because in a, in a way that's what college was for me. It was a vacation from life for a little. It, it, it extended the amount of time that I could play and and not necessarily feel responsible that I need to go and do this, 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 and this. And even when I went back to college the second time, it's like, well, I got all this student loan. I don't need to go out and get a job. You know, I'm just going to sit here and do this. Anyway, so I, I came away not with a negative attitude towards the value of college, but just not with the same positive attitude that everyone else has. And I'm like, hey, maybe as a father, I will contribute something but it in your mind, it's like, no, we're always going, we're going to pay for our kids to go to college. We're going to pay that way. And and that took an adjustment for me, which was made. And, and one of the things, excuse me, one of the things that David Foster, a friend of ours, shared a long time ago is just how amazing God consistently provides, even if we haven't planned for everything in advance and prepared for everything. You know, he says, everything always just seems to work out. Whatever you put your mind to, whatever you commit to, God just has everything work out. And and he, he then said, and he goes, that's been true for putting my kids through college. That's been true for paying for my kids' wedding, you know, my daughter's weddings and all that stuff. And all of that, by the way, is in a podcast episode I listened to. And at the time, I'm like, well, I'm glad I'm not paying for my kids' college. And I don't see myself putting out that much money for you know, my daughter's weddings. And and so I'm just going through life kind of just in my own little thing. And so it, it's like, here we are. Now, you know, we've paid for Megan's entire college and we paid for a year of Matthew's college. We've been paying for McKenna's stuff and she's already ha- going to be halfway through her college career by the time she graduates high school. So, all of that to say that I'm not upset about this. It, it took an adjustment for me to match up what your dream is to my dream and, and you know, and everything. And then it's like all of a sudden for me, it's like, oh, wow, I'm finally going to start feeling the relief of, you know, my kids are old enough to slowly get them off of my health insurance policy. Um, my kids are old and, you know, slowly college tuition is going to start to ramp down. You know, I, I'm starting to feel as a husband and father and provider the financial pressure to consistently produce and deliver is going to drastically reduce. And and so from my perspective, it's like, oh, and by the way, I want to give $30,000 for this wedding. And oh, by the way, I want to, you know, it's like, ah, that's how I felt. That's fine. I have nothing to add to that. I know. It, 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 there's... It, it, that's that was just my perception, but I'd love to hear why. What what is your dream? Because the what changed everything for me when it came to, uh, you know the the whole car and the house, which obviously was a great situation, was learning why is this important to you. And so you were about ready to say, would you like to hear? You remember that I was about ready to say that. Yes. Okay. So I want to hear to you, why is it important to you that we pay for Megan's wedding? So I got married when I was very young. Yes. And we had 
an idea of what we wanted. And what did we want? Tell us, t- tell everyone, what did we want? Because w- you well, hands were, down first, we, we wanted to go to the Smoky Mountains and just elope. Yeah. So we probably could have done our entire wedding on like 2,500 bucks. Probably. Yeah. That would have included a honeymoon suite down in one of those little cabins that would have included the little chapel and hiring the whatever person to mm-hmm. read off a couple things off of a piece of paper and have two friends of ours come down and witness it and sign it. Or maybe two strangers for that matter. So $2,500 is the budget. Oh, could have been done. And we could have been done. And, and that was actually what we wanted. That's what we wanted. And we were told no. That... um we had to get married um, at home, meaning in this county, and we had to get married in a church. Okay, so we'll get married in a church. We'll create our own invitations. We will um, we'll well, have a pizza reception. Do you remember that we were going to have a pizza reception? I do not remember that, but I it you don't remember. But but now you're not so surprised uh, that it I'm was vetoed, so, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. Well, well, I'm not surprised <laughs> so. that we would have wanted pizza. It would have been better. <laughs> but um, but no, that I don't remember that food being bad. Actually, yeah, food, I don't remember food, eating much that actually, night the either. Food, the food was good, but I would have, I, I, you know, be, at the yeah. time, I, w- I definitely would have preferred pizza. Pizza. Um, but at every turn we were told that it wasn't right or it wasn't good enough or it wasn't this. And it wasn't what other people expected from our wedding. And so like, I do you remember sitting down and creating our own invitations? Yeah. They were on that green marbled, um, paper that we, we found that we liked and, um, which is funny, which that's, that's something I gave you because I don't like green. So, <laughs> so that would have been, that, that's something that I gave to you at that time. But I, I was young and I was still very much under the I'm young and people who are older than me are right because I'm wrong because I'm young. And I wasn't necessarily. And clearly I don't know what I want because I'm young. And I was under, I was still under the impression that. The, okay, you know this is a this is an official thing, and if and and people want people want to be a part of that experience, they want to celebrate this, and it's it would be wrong for you to rob them of the, this experience in their life. That's fantastic for them. What it did was it robbed me of what I wanted, of what I desired, and so. 27 years ago, while planning our wedding, I knew that if I had daughters, I would not rob them of the same thing. Of what they wanted. Of what they wanted. So, Megan, if you're so listening Megan to this, getting why? getting what she wants Megan, because why I don't didn't. you just want to go down and elope <laughs> down in this Gatlinburg? Because I will pay for it out of my wants. slush fund. We've already made deposits. Be quiet. We... We have made deposits, and and here's here's another thing is that um, in this and giving her because I know that that 
30,000 is a big number. That's that's a lot of pennies. It's it's, it's not a lot compared to some what it's not a, a lot, lot of other people pay. And in the wedding world, it's not a lot. I, I understand that. L- inflation being what it is, I recognize this is not a, it, it's not an outlandish number. It's just it's just like $30,000 more than I thought that I would contribute to this wedding. I understand that. <laughs> or may, may, maybe that's a bit much. I And, you know, quite frankly, when this topic came up, it's not like it's not like I didn't think we would contribute anything. I don't think I would have ever approached the number 30,000, but I don't think I ever would have balked at it either, except for the fact that I think just by default, I need to balk at it. Otherwise, if I don't, then there's going to be pressure for more. (laughs) There's not going to be pressure for more. That is I... Do you, do you get what I I'm saying? I prayed though? and meditated before I offered a number because it was very much mom. How much? My my negotiating tactic would be okay. Stephanie's got it in her heart. She wants to give money to Megan for this wedding, and I have no idea how much she's thinking. But I'm going to start with five thousand. How much I think you actually said to her? I, I, I yeah. did. I said five thousand. And 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 then you know the, and I figure whatever's going on, I'm going to pretend that this is a bigger deal than it is. Number one, because that's just who I am, and number two, it you know it it, it warms me up to the idea of what what am I getting myself into, and and also preparing my mind of what is it going to take for this to happen, and 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 everything that's ever come up in our life financially, such as this, it, I just need time to really wrap my mind around it. And it's just like what I told uh, Megan. It's like, okay, once I once I understand, th- okay, now this is what I want. I have I have to come around to wanting this. Um, I had to come around to wanting to pay a full ride for Megan's college, right? I had to come around to wanting that, and I didn't want it for Megan. And I know Megan will listen to this. And the reason why I didn't want it for Megan is because I think it would. I I still feel that it was a detriment to her that that by paying for her, or a full ride for Megan it robbed her of an opportunity to have the 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 buy-in of contributing 50% of that cost working through college you know putting in sacrifice and the growth that would come from that experience and 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 the responsibility and just how much more she would attain during that experience and the reason i say that is because that's what i did i i know that i said i got a loan and i didn't work i did i had jobs i did these things and i work you know and I, and i did it on my own and i look at myself compared to all of my fraternity brothers who were getting free rides from mom and dad and i can tell you i i, I was I believe it contributed to the responsible, the more responsible approach to life, and so in a way, in my mind, I may in be, I may be incorrect. No, I just have something to add. Finish your thought. But for me, in my way, provi- I would have. I didn't want it for Megan because I wanted Megan to feel the investment on her end. I wanted to her to have that feeling of pride that I did this. I I contributed to this rather than mom and dad paid for all of this for me, which she's been very appreciative and all of this other stuff. And she did incredibly well. I'm super proud of her. But what finally got me to, to buy in fully that this is what I wanted was 
it's what you wanted. And that is, that's what won me over. That's what finally got me full buy-in. This, we're going to make this happen. I don't know how we're going to come up with the extra money for this because we have not saved as much as I was told that I should and all this other stuff. And, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that we, I mean, we sacrificed so much in the early days of this business. But what got me is that this was your dream to pay for Megan's full ride. And once it became your dream, I'm like, okay, I can want this in full because it's Stephanie's dream. And that's all I need because how many dreams has Stephanie supported for me, even when it doesn't make a lot of financial sense or whatever? Does it? Does this making sense? It makes complete sense to me. Um because I've always stood beside you. I I have I have supported every crazy idea you have brought up in 26 years, almost 27. But um but in comparing what you got out of college and what Megan got out of college, I think in my mind is almost unfair because you weren't raised by us. You weren't, you know, Megan came out of college with no student debt and the understanding of the responsibility of finances. Okay. It took us 10 to 15 years to figure that out on our own. Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, She definitely had a much bigger understanding of how to budget money, cash flow, and stuff like that. You personally taught her that from what you had learned and and you're absolutely right. You definitely had that going. And and I agree that it's unfair for me to judge my experience and just put it on, but that's one of the things that sometimes we do, right or and more more than likely not right. It, it we project. We project our experience. We filter our perception of what other people are going based upon our autobiographical experience. And I recognize that I do do this and You know, it's neither, I don't think it's terrible, but I don't think it's great either. And I understand I'm not right. I just have an opinion. (laughs) Yes. You also share that opinion with such confident authority that you are right (laughs) that nothing else can seep through. Well, that, that is a little bit of my, that is a little bit of my communication style as well. As I, I will say this. Somewhat unrelated, I am getting to the point where I recognize that I'm not right about a majority of the things that I'm convinced that I'm right about. And and that's become an incredibly valuable asset for me to know this and to evaluate and, and how much I've been conditioned to be certain about so many things when really so many things, so many things it's impossible to be fully certain about because there's no way you can know about everything there is to know about everyone's situation and circumstance. And so, I mean, based upon my experience, I see this and now I feel this way and this is a global belief for everyone. That's ridiculous. There is an infinite number of, of, of pieces to the puzzle that I'm not familiar with to make any observation or opinion that would be valid to that person. And coaching has really helped me with that. Yes. 
So, and I mean, but but that's that's where my desire to pay for the wedding comes from. The fact that is you that didn't get my what you choices wanted. were taken from me, and my my wants, my voice didn't matter, and I refused to do that to my daughters, and um, there. So we, I gave her this number. Um, which really, after a lot of, of prayer and looking at our finances and contemplating what I can do and, and how we can make this work and and what we can make possible is how um, is how I came up with that number. And um, and there was there there has been a moment within this this number has been offered where she had a dream of where she wants to get married, but she didn't know if it was going to work within the budget that we have given her. And, and so to watch her, to watch, to, to see what she really wants and, and to watch her try to look at other venues and, and not make what she wants possible was, it was hard, but I didn't change the number. I watched her make it possible within that number. Yeah. And um, so is she getting so, the venue that she wants? Yes. Okay. So she yeah. did want that. Yep. That's what she wanted. And um, so in January of 2024, our oldest child will be getting married. And then Cliff will be very happy she'll be off our health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will. You know, um, and I say which all she of has she has um she's just waiting for her boss to talk to her about their health insurance. No, she she so. needs to talk to she needs to reach out to the boss and say, Hey, when, when can we talk right, so about this? There's a person in the office who has already reached out to the boss okay. and so Okay. They're really they're waiting on her on the boss now. Anyway. Gotcha. Um and so Megan is getting married um, this coming January. We have a venue. We have a band. We have two dresses. <laughs> and um, I have a dress. We have a photographer. We're moving. We're, we're, we're wedding planning. There we go. So we're wedding. There, that, that'll be that'll be the title of this episode. We're wedding planning. That's yes. Awesome. So let me go ahead and start this little music in the background. There we go. I. What do we have? Do we know how much time that is? What, two minutes. Oh, two, okay. We have two minutes to chat. Okay. To wrap this up. That's just one. That's just one bullet point. Do you see what I did there? Yes. I don't need to make lists. (laughs) Ah, anyway, you know, the crazy thing is, is that I recognize when these big financial things come up and all this other stuff that we have a business where we have created like something new that we've never done before, like a building an online business workshop and where people would pay $2,000 to come here and learn how to build an online business from scratch. And we gave an option for one person to pay 7,500. They spent the entire extra next day. And we've sold that workshop out several different times. And there was one time we made $35,000 in one weekend. So it's possible. So it is, it is possible to pay for a wedding in a weekend. Which is why I said I I prayed on it. I meditated on it. I, I, yes. Yeah. 
by the way, I know what's possible. Mentioning workshops and paying for weddings. Seriously, though, we do have the free The Dream workshop coming up April 13th and 14th here in our hometown. Two full days where Stephanie and I will be able to share with you the insights about how we have learned to create the life experience that we are living today, or not necessarily how you can create the life experience we're living, but to create the life that you desire. FreeTheDreamWorkshop.com. We look forward to seeing you there. And until next time, live your life on purpose.